Hello there and welcome to the Web Anywhere podcast. Uh, this week we're being joined by Dan Raisbeck from the Cybersmile charity. Hello there, Dan. Hello there, Lewis. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Dan? Not bad. Not bad, not bad. So um, for our listeners, could you maybe just give us a brief overview of what Cybersmile is and uh, what it is you guys do? Yeah, sure. Um, Cybersmile is um, an online resource for anyone who's um, having problems with digital abuse, um, harassment, uh, cyberbullying and so forth. Okay, so um, so what, what's your role specifically at Cybersmile then, Dan? Well, I'm the co-founder um, along with uh, Scott Freeman and um, we started um, Cybersmile as a small blog uh, way back in 2010. And as um, all the guidance and information that we were gathering together on our site grew, um, it became much, much bigger, um, internationally recognised. And in 2012, we became um, a registered charity. So my role really now is um, organising, managing managing the services we have and sort of strategising where we go and how we engage with our target audience and um, spread our messages of positivity, which bring people, uh, brings people, makes people aware really of the problem and what we do. And then that brings them to the resource, which is the main resource, which is cybersmile.org. And um, they can get what they need or they can get in contact with us and we can help them. Okay, so do you say, would you say you deal sort of mostly in education at the moment then? You sort of, do you uh, work with teachers and schools then or? Well, we're sort of a standalone um, provision for really anyone. Um, and we do have uh, downloadable educational resources, modular workshops and that sort of thing, which schools do use. And they use a lot of our resources, the academic resources that we have, um, various um, bits of academia that we've gleaned from the internet and that people submit. We have blogs, testimonials, an online forum. Um, it's a huge website. It's about sort of over 1,500 pages of different types of information that um, people will find useful. Um, and it's really open source for, for everyone to come and either get what they need or to contact us and we can help to, um, well, we help schools and uh, organisations, workplaces and, and individuals all around the world. That's fantastic stuff. That's that's uh, really great to hear. It was really great to hear the origin as well of how you, you started this blog and just it, it sort of took off. And uh... well, yeah, I mean, it, it came through experience really. Both of our children had um, had instances of cyberbullying, and um, we, we were stumped really for for where to get any sort of guidance or information about the subject itself to learn more about it. But more importantly, what we could do about it, you know, as parents. And um, it was really sort of the. The provision of that you know what we would have wanted way back then we're, we've now sort of over the, the last four or five years um put that together and, and it just keeps growing every day that's absolutely fantastic so, so have you had any um great examples of how how your charities managed to help fight cyberbullying in any instances or well i think i think the biggest wins we have really that, that stand out in my mind and, and still do are the are the constant um contacts we have from people who um, come to us and just to say thank you, you know, thank you for being there, thank you for helping me. And we haven't had any contact with those people. You know, they haven't contacted an advisor, they haven't sort of emailed us directly. They've just found us, come, got what they needed, and found resolution. Uh, and that really was what we set out to do. You know, was to be this source, this sort of comprehensive resource for people who could self help. And um, that that happens every day. You know, we're contacted by people every day just saying thank you so much for being there and, and helping. And um, that that's really the biggest win that, to, to my mind, you know, that, that personally to me, that's a, a great achievement. That must be a very, very satisfying part of the job to uh, 
to get that kind of feedback. I imagine, uh, imagine you you should be should be incredibly proud of uh, <laughs> those moments. Well, you know, it's what we set out to do, and um, it's just keeping on track, keeping our messaging good and positive, um, and, and and we we managed to achieve that, and we, we we keep on doing that every day, and it, and it is. Yeah, I am very proud of what I've done, but also very mindful of what what more needs to be done. Okay, that sounds fantastic. So, do you do you at the moment? Are you currently facing uh, any threats in cyberbullying? That sort of any new threats or anything that you sort of find recurring over and over that you think you could uh, explain to help prevent uh, for our listeners? Or, well, I mean, the problem itself is uh, if you if you look at it at a, a sort of core, um, you know, source, uh, what what causes this? You know, it really is a, a behavioural issue. Um, why do people choose to weaponize the internet? Whether they be school children, whether they be adults, um, why is that? Why? How is it facilitated? Uh, what? What? What are the underlying reasons? And that that really r- remains the same. The, the, the different types of um, abuse that we see happening um, really change with the different types of devices used and the different types of sites and what their applications are. Um, messaging apps and so forth they all carry um, a potential for risk but it's why 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 is why is it that people actually choose to to cyber bully or to abuse or to basically weaponize the internet i find that an an interesting turn of phrase at the idea of weaponizing the internet because i like as well that you're suggesting in there that it's not necessarily the technology's fault it's more the attitude and the well yeah how can you blame a piece blame it (laughs) no it's fair enough um you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, talking about building big offences, restrictions and so forth are simply not applicable. Um, when we look, I mean, on, on the big picture, I mean, if we're looking at um, a parent trying to safeguard a child, then yes, there are tools out there that can help you restrict access and so forth. And they, they do, they have their place, but they're not the answer. You know, there's no one one single answer to this. It's a, a combination of efforts um, and different campaigns and different technologies and so forth that will help to make the internet a, a safer place. But really, it's the, the awareness and education that is um, sort of a, a, our core drive. Really, making people aware of the problem, what they can do about it, and what is available to them out there to, to keep themselves safe online. I suppose that's a, a great key for you to, me to ask the question: What can people do? Where are the resources? What's the what's the most useful useful thing you can tell people to do right now if they're listening? Um, learn, educate yourself. Yeah, learn and educate yourself. You know, people are afraid of what they don't understand, and it really is un- understanding the problem is the first step in really finding out what, what the problem is you're facing and how you can deal with that. Um, we have a huge, as I said, a, a huge resource on CyberSmile that where people can come and find out how to, uh, for example, um, really get the privacy settings right on social networking sites so that you're not exposing too much information, etc. Um, and it really does depend how you use the internet um, re- will determine what the risks are and um, how you can go about managing those risks and lessening the risks and so forth is down to how you use it and um, what what you've learned yes i very much uh, agree and appreciate the idea of, of of people going out there and learning but what if you're in a position like um say you're a parent who has a, a child that's being cyber bullied uh i understand one of the things i found um because i've been doing a month's worth of research for blogs on the website and something and something that i found is that most of the advice that i seem to find is very sort of 
after the event type advice. So it's things like don't destroy the evidence so that you can you've got a log of what's been said and make sure you're aware of your privacy settings and so on. Is that is there more of a preventative way that that there could be a sort of a positive attitude to preventing cyberbullying? Yes, there is. I mean, um, for the example that you're giving, uh, say, a parent with, with with a younger child. I mean, it's um, there's a number of aspects you need to look at, which is, um, for example, if if you have a child who wants to open a Facebook account or um, another particular type of social media account, um, then it's it's a, a valuable process will be to go through how to join up safely. That is, uh, for Facebook, for example. Um, it, most most young people will join without looking at privacy settings, without looking at the um, uh, the safeguards that are that are there before they join. Um, who is who is who are the, who they are allowing to access the personal information, etc. Um, going through that with with a young child. Um, I mean, I, I know that there there is a, uh, a sort of a, an unwritten benchmark of under 13s aren't supposed to be on Facebook, but um, we all know that that does, isn't really adhered to, um, to in any way, shape or form. And it's not there to protect the child. It's there for um, data purposes, um, because legally they, they aren't supposed to be sharing data for, for under 13. So going through that, going through the, the sign up process, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, or, or Snapchat or whatever they're uh, a child using, um, is a great process to to go through so that you understand what the limitations and risks are of, of, of what safeguards that site has. And also it, it helps to foster trust between um, you and your child that they're, you're there for them, you, you understand the problem, and there's, there's not this sort of gap of, gap of awareness that seems to exist um, with many parents who don't know that their children are on. Um, it really is developing that relationship and that that, op- that open conversation and keep that conversation going about um, online safety so that uh, a young child is aware that you're there for them as a parent and you will understand and you won't overreact, for example, and sort of start banning the use of websites and devices and um, restricting um, access to the internet because that that isn't going to work. You know, the devices now are so... So wide and, uh, and available, and um, internet is accessible in many, many different ways now. So, um, trying to sort of eliminate the problem isn't really going to be that effective. So, if you had any advice for schools in particular, what would you what would you say to them? Well, the schools are are faced with um, quite a difficult um, situation with uh, cyberbullying and so forth. Um, many many schools consider it. Um, outside of their duty of care, if you like, to children, because much of um, cyberbullying um, goes on, yes, within the schools, but also outside of school as well. Um, how that affects children is, um, it can be devastating, you know, to have a sort of 24 hours of it. But um, from a school's perspective, it can be very difficult in um, regards to resources and so forth, and time, um, how much time can they give to this? And there's some interesting uh, guidelines um, on the uh, from the Department of Education, uh, and we we talk about um, there's a lot of talk about citizenship, teaching children about citizenship, and part of that is sort of spiritual, moral, social, and cultural well-being, um, which is all, all very all very good, 
but we have to think more along the terms of digital citizenship. And I think this is very important. And this is something that um, we would very much like to see being taken seriously by the edu education department. Because education um, in, in that field, when you're talking about spiritual, moral, social, etc., you're talking about, um, I mean, in, um, in Asia, um, China especially, they look at emo emotional intelligence, um, SEL, socio-emotional socio, um, learning, and, and this is all really integral to producing rounded, well-educated young people, not just from an academic point of view, but from a citizenship point of view. You're talking about um, emotional learning, how to, how to process emotions and understand other people's emotions as well. And if we're going to look at that, then we have to look at that from a digital perspective because our children are using these devices in school and out of school. It's going to be part of their working life, part of their social um, life as they grow older. And, uh, and that's where we need to see this type of education developing. Yeah, no, I, I very much uh, agree with that principle, particularly because I, I think one of the things that uh, sort, of, sort of, as you say, emotional education and then relating that to, to the Internet is one of the things I've often found online is that it's very easy to anonymize people on the other side of the screen. It's very easy to, to forget that you're talking to other people. Oh, yes, yes, that's, that's so true. And, and we talk about sort of emotional detachment. And um, it's, it's, it's quite clear that sometimes um, young people really don't know the strength of the harm that they may be causing by um, uh, attacking or um, abusing someone online. And um, we have seen um, uh, positive responses to actually talking to, to young people about the real, the real consequences of that to a person and what that means to be sort of isolated on your own in front of your com computer screen, effectively listening to 10 or 20 voices telling you you're no good and you're useless, etc., etc. what kind of emotional effect that has on a person, on a young person, and how it can affect them as well in, in their lives. Um, and, and the consequences can be de absolutely devastating. And getting that message across um, is um, a, a process that, that helps children become more emotionally involved with what they're doing and more aware of the consequences and their actions. Well, thanks very much, Dan. That's uh, some fantastic information there for our listeners. Uh, if you are interested in finding out more about CyberSmile, you can go to cybersmile.org, I believe is the correct address. That's the one. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, like uh, Dan's already said, there's loads of resources there, uh, incredibly useful for any parents or teachers listening who want to help protect their child. Uh, so, yeah, all it remains for me to say is uh, thank you very much, uh, Dan Raysbeck. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to the content here, you can find more at webanywhere.co.uk slash blog. And you can also check out all of WebAnywhere's products, uh, including a new button that's been installed onto the uh, School Jotter website system that allows you to instantly report any abuse that you might see online to the administrator. Uh, my name's been Lewis Dunn. Uh, this has been the Web Anywhere podcast. Thanks very much for listening.